0: Hi. (laughs) Is your phone ringing? You're listening to the Music Manumet Podcast for October 1st, 2017. Learn more at musicmanument.com. Hi, and welcome to another Music Manumet. I am Tom, and on today's show we have, for a third time, Wayne Myers. He joins us again. Uh, He hadn't actually put out anything since the last time he was on in 2014, and then in December of last year, he released an EP, then another EP, and now a new album. So we have him on to talk about the new album and what he's been up to. So here is my interview with Wayne Myers, starting right now.
1: Bunch of changes in my life since I last spoke to you, so... um um i'm no longer busking on the underground um which gives me more time to um do the music that i want to do
0: are you busking in the above ground so, is that what happened
1: <laughs> i'm no um uh, what happened was that um there was a change in my personal life and i found that i had to um move um and uh, i previously was um Living um, in my grandparents' place where I had been looking after my grandmother until time came for her to um, be looked after full-time 24-7 in a care home. And then I stayed there for a few years.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then um, time came for me to actually um, move out of there and um, start doing that whole vent-paying thing again. Uh-huh. And um, busking wasn't really quite cutting it for that um at the same time as that i got yeah. a call from an old friend who knew that i never wanted to go back into working in it and he said way let me make you an offer you can't refuse oh. and um i told him to go away and Good. Uh, then he made me an offer i couldn't refuse and i failed to refuse it oh. um so um <laughs> yeah so i can no longer say i'm a full-time musician because it's not true um but on the on the plus side i um you know it's freed up a lot of time to um actually do you know the first thing i did was to make a new album which i've been meaning to do for ages but busking was really taking all my energy um yeah. and i'd kind of i'd come home and not even put music on to listen to i you know it's um it was uh it was uh, it was knackering me out yeah um and um so
0: yeah Um, you know, but you fought the the good fight, you you know, you, you, you did it for quite some time. I'm, I'm impressed. Um, the, but, uh, but yeah, the, the it thing. Yeah. I don't, I, 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 I do that sort of, I'm a front end guy, so I'm not really an it guy at all. I don't know why I said that I work with. IT guys. <laughs> you know, they'll they'll yeah. fix my stuff because I have to work on a computer because I build the websites that make the it's it's a weird cyclical pattern where we all just kind of promote or propel each other. But uh no, yeah. I'm I'm glad you fought the good fight and and uh we're where able... so where are you living now? Um so
1: I'm living in another part of London, um in between um <clears throat> in North London. Um in between Artswell and Highgate. Um and um yeah, you know, it's um nice flat with myself and my partner. And um, I get to work from home a lot, which is good. That's cool. Um, and the work itself I'm not going to talk about because it's immensely dull. Um, That's all right. <laughs> but uh, I can do things like pay rent and buy musical instruments and not really have to worry about it quite so much. So um,
0: Is I, that how that works? Recently, um <laughs>
1: yeah i know i i mean, i've tried to play them properly but uh, <laughs> I, I can look at them um and um yeah i I, I started messing around with the mandolin about a, a year ago which oh, cool. um, was a ton of fun um no one ever told me how much fun the mandolin was to play um but um it's mm-hmm. uh, i mean I'm still terrible at it, but it's uh, it's great fun it's so tiny and you can reach massive intervals um and um um yeah so that kind of thing's been happening
0: yeah um yeah the the uh one thing i wanted to ask about and you kind of answered it was the in the past uh when when we last talked to you it was 2014 and you had just released an album around that time and then we didn't hear anything from you for a while and then Mm. as of december of last year you released an album like every couple of months well two eps and then a new album and i was going to ask you like why the sudden jump well we kind of know now you you were able to get back into it and had more uh money to do such things but uh how did you get the things started again what how did you finally go okay let's work on an ep and then you did another like what was the progression that led up to the album
1: um the progression was that um i'd pretty much written most of the album already um, in 2014, there were, there were a few songs I wrote subsequently, but I, I, and I knew that was what the next thing I wanted to make was. It was just a question of finding time and space to do it. Um, and at the time I was still busking and I was still in Dollis Hill and the plan was to record it on my own in my <clears throat> home studio like I did before. Um, and then obviously all of a sudden I had to move and moving I hadn't, it, I think it had been 10 years or something since I'd moved and I'd forgotten quite how completely overwhelming and stressful and draining the moving thing is Mm -hmm. um and then after moving i realized wait a minute i you know i'd set home studio up in in the new place i i realized that i can work a studio-ish sort of kind of i know enough to be dangerous um but if i was to you know wait a little bit longer and put some money aside from work and pay someone that knows what they're doing, yeah. then maybe I get a better result. Which is what I did. Um <clears throat> and um my friends at down on left studios um you know record stuff full time. That's what they do. They they run a studio. Um and I um took the album there and recorded it there um over five days. And then after that, I guess what looks like a flurry of different things was actually all one thing. The idea of the EPs was that instead of releasing the album I would kind of choose a few songs for one EP and release that and then choose another few songs and call that a second EP and then um, some months after that um, say haha, actually, there's a whole album of these boom Mm -hmm. So um, all of the you know the, the 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 tunes on the ep's are all on the album anyway and everything had been recorded by that time it was me trying to be clever and do a kind of release schedule thing because it's stuff they was supposed to do which i don't know why it didn't seem to make any difference whatsoever um some people you know just meant that some people got to listen to some of the tunes earlier than some of the other tunes and then um i can't really tell the difference i don't know if i'll actually bother doing that again yeah um it was uh, me playing around with how do you release a thing today in 2017 what yeah, year it is um in a way that um actually works and the answer is um if there is an answer i don't know what the answer is
0: mhm no in a lot of people don't especially people that release uh, by themselves and that's the that's what you should do you should experiment and see what works you know there's there's no yeah. reason not to that's it. You know, like people are yeah. going to go, he's doing it wrong. What's this? <laughs> How dare he? Yeah. You know, he,
1: he's not doing it the way I do it.
0: Um, but <laughs> well, and, and also, you know, different scenes do work in different
1: ways. I am aware of some people who swear by the kind of releasing one song, but every couple of weeks or something, releasing a new song. And, and there's certainly worlds and scenes where that does seem to work if something's good. Um, but uh, that's not how I work anyway. I like to make albums because I'm the middle-aged man who grew up listening to albums and that's what I wanna do, that's why I wanna do it. Yeah. Um so um, you know, um it'd be it would be interesting, I guess, to I I, I don't think there's anyone around that writes songs at the moment that doesn't think, gosh, I know it's been done before, but if I was to spend a year releasing writing and releasing a new song every week what would happen at the end of that year? And if nothing else, you'd be a hell of a lot better a songwriter when you'd have gone through a, a wonderful process just creatively and artistically, mm-hmm. even if even if no one actually ever listened to any of it. Um, I mean, I, I think of doing that. A friend of mine did a variant of that. Um, she's... Um, she has two very small children, and so she spends an awful lot of time being mum. But mm-hmm. uh, instead of doing a song, a week she did a song a month for a year and ended up with a lovely album of 12 songs that she you know both recorded over the period of a year and built up interest as the thing went by kind of thing month by month um and um that worked for her yeah. so um, yeah yeah it's, it's the thing
0: yeah it, no it, the and thing. it is and it's it's because before you know back when like we were saying we grew up on albums it's because they couldn't just, I mean, later on they did have the singles that they would release after the albums of the popular ones. They were kind of like impulse buys. It's like, what, you don't want to buy the album? Here, buy this one single and we still get your money. That sort of stuff. But I mean, you know, when you think about it, I've had the argument of albums with people, The you know, whether you should release an album or shouldn't or release singles. And the argument is, is you still are just writing the songs. You just don't release anything. Until later, and then you release it all at once. That's, that's really all there is to it. You're not writing, most people aren't writing songs going, well, this is all part of an album. Uh, you write a song and then go, okay, well, now I need to write another song because I need 10 of them whereas you you know <laughs> that's 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 really in my eyes and at least i guess the way unless i'm doing it wrong the way i see it it's like oh we have we don't have enough songs for the album we need to write another song it's not saying what would best suit the album most of the time or at least that's not the way i work so putting out singles it's like i wrote this song i mm-hmm. spent a lot of time on it i made sure the song was had all the parts it needed as if the song was an album to make sure it was complete when i put it out mm. So that's, that's, that's the, I mean, I get the, I like to listen to albums, meaning you'd like to listen to this artist straight through. Whereas sure. When an artist releases a single, all you're listening to is a single and you can't go, well, what's the next one? Cause there isn't one that's so listening wise. I see the difference writing wise. I don't see the benefit. And don't forget about the whole, what's that uh thing they have in February where everybody writes a song a day online and releases it. Have you heard about that? The f- Febro oh, I'm not going to remember the name of it it's like that it's just oh, okay. it's, it's like the same thing with uh, they yeah uh, it's the same thing with it, the write only... a page a day or whatever like the release a novel in a month that they have in the yeah. rewrite ritmo or see I'm I'm mis- messing it's up all no the read acronyms read there one. you go that one they have one for songs too that's but it. it's in February and uh, you right. know lots of people okay. do that and that's like a, either a song a day or a song a week and those are expected to be bad right. Right and then on top of that you have uh, stuff like uh, uh, the oh great now I'm not going to remember the name the what's that band where the guy just releases his four track tapes and they're super popular with the uh, like they talk about him on the IT crowd TV show why am I I want to say Velvet something not Velvet Underground but it's the guy (laughs) seriously I was just talking about this band the other day and I can't remember it Um, uh, they were around in the 80s they were very popular all their stuff really sounds like four-track recordings. Never mind. Somebody out there, if you know uh, what I'm talking
2: they, about,
0: uh, um, you know what I'm what talking about.
1: <laughs> um, I've never seen the IT crowd. It sounds uh, like, I mean, they might be giants. I, I no, don't know it's about not. They
0: might be giants,
1: like it but it sounds like the kind of thing they might do. Yeah, Isn't they they might be giants. Had a thing where you could call a number and hear their...
0: That yeah, that was songs. the dial-a-song where they would release a uh, a song. The, on that you would call up and get the song, which was actually a thing I remember back in the 80s. They used to have, like, dial a joke, dial a song, dial a jingle, that sort of stuff. So they yeah. they were kind of doing a retro thing. But, um, yeah, I seriously can't believe I'm not remembering the name of that band. So anybody out there who knows what I'm talking about, great. Um, <laughs> meanwhile, I'm making a horrible point. Uh, so how did... Uh, how? the the lineup seems to have maybe changed or at least uh pared down a little bit how did you how did you wrangle this lineup for the releases you did
1: um well it started with me uh deciding that it was time for me to play bass on my own songs most of the work i've ever had as a musician i've been playing bass. I'm a bassist, really. I also do mess around with a guitar enough to be dangerous, and I mess around with a piano enough to be dangerous, and I mess around with lots and lots of other things, which um, I do more for fun and no one's ever going to pay me to do. Um, so, uh, but uh, <clears throat> I'm a bassist, and I, in my own band, for some reason, actually, I do know what the reason is. The reason is, is that I, um, for a very long time, wasn't really able to sing and play bass at the same time. I wanted to, but I could. I found I was either singing well and playing bass badly, or the other way around. I could see that. Uh, but I kept working on that, and eventually I sort of cracked it, and um, decided to just be my own bassist. And then thought, well, what am I going to do for you know? Well, I who will I get to play guitar? And then I thought, how about um, how about not having any guitars this time? Change the sound a bit. And oh, this I... basically came originally. I fell in love with the band Morphine about five or six years ago in a way that I haven't fallen in love with the band since I was a teenager. Somebody, a friend of mine online said, oh, Wayne, you must listen to this <laughs> and for a Cure for Pain. And I think I sat up all night listening over and over again to Morphine. and Michael, like, this is amazing. And, and of course, the Morphine lineup, bass, baritone, sax, drums, that's it. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful. Um, and I'm not going to, Play your thing like Mark Sandman does, but it certainly is an interesting approach to putting together a rock band that would be different. Yeah. Um, so I thought, well, okay, I'll, you know, I'll, have a, I'll find a drummer, and um, I'd already been playing with Duncan, the fiddle, viola player, in a couple of other bands, and he'd been playing with me on and off. And so I thought, well, let's you know, um, put together a trio like this. And um, my girlfriend Brenda's friend Holly. Who played drums met up with me and we ran through a few songs and it really worked out. She's an amazing drummer. And um, then I had my lineup had Duncan on fiddle and Holly mm-hmm. on drums and myself. A trio is always easier to work with than a larger band purely because musicians, wonderful people that they are, um, organizing groups of musicians is not necessarily the easiest thing in the world. And
2: no. I'm a little
1: bit jealous of my have a solo act because they just have to organize themselves and god knows as a musician it's hard enough for me to organize myself without having to deal with a bunch of other people as well and mm-hmm. you know i have friends that have seven or eight pieces band eight piece bands and it's a complete nightmare i'm actually in one at the moment a friend of mine has started a bonzo dog doodah band tribute band uh, of course which, um, <laughs> why not uh and, and i think there's between 10 and 12 of us depending on who turns up and it's an incredible nightmare for him to have to organise that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah. So I, I'm paired down to a trio now. Um, Duncan, as well as playing fiddle, also plays tin whistle. He plays bagpipes, so I probably won't be asking him to play bagpipes until I have a suitable song for that. Um, and uh, viola, and then someone gave him a tenor banjo about six months ago, and he can't get off him, but he's an amazing tenor banjo player, um, it turns out. Um, hmm. And um, <clears throat> so I, I, yeah, I have a banjo player with the band now. That's pretty cool. Um, and um, we rehearsed the songs and got to the stage of being able to go into a studio and put them all down in uh, four or five days, because that was all the time we had. And um, it um, worked as well as however you think it did, I guess.
0: Yeah. <laughs> The, so one, one question I want to ask you about well first of all let me go back uh, it, re, it It popped into my head the band I was trying to talk about was guided by voices so I don't know okay. If okay so that's who I was talking about anyway just for those that are like yelling at me listening to this telling me what the name of the band was I figured it out second so how did you crack the code of singing bass or uh, playing bass and singing what was what was the breakthrough that you had Honestly, because I'm curious
1: mindlessly up my head up against the problem of it until I cracked it. Practice, practice, practice. That was all it took. In okay. my case, it took about 30 years, uh, but I got yeah. no I've been playing bass since I was 13 years old. Um, and um, literally just every now and again, picking up the bass and trying and <clears throat> for years, for years, it didn't work. Um, and then one day it did. And I, I find music, lessons, music learning to be like this in general. For example, uh, the um, What's it called? Maple Leaf Rag, um, which I wanted to play on the piano for a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. And I remember how the process of that went, which was over a period of about two or three years, I doggedly played it really, 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 really badly every day. And then one day I sat down and I was still playing it badly, but I was actually playing it rather than really fumbling about. I'd kind of crossed over that line into, oh, I can actually do this now. Okay. Um, was yeah that's i guess the thing with, with playing bass and singing it's um i kept doing it badly <laughs> until like mm-hmm. i found like, i was actually you know pulling it off yeah
0: I, I um and i guess that makes sense i was hoping you'd have something like well you use this you know rag root and you put it in your left hand and suddenly the coordination <laughs> just kind of happens i was hoping it would be something magical like that like oh that's how people do it no well, you, so your time answer time is practice <laughs> Practice, yes. And sacrificing a chicken. Oh, okay. But, there so. you go. Thank you. See, that's all I'm asking for. Just a little, <laughs> a little blind faith. <laughs> um The
1: and, problem is, is, you keep having. To, you, you, it's not just one chicken. You keep having. To, you have to find the right chicken. You
0: just if you keep um, doing it. I
1: can take
0: that. Okay. So, so there is a Robert Johnson sitting at the crossroads sort of element involved. I knew it. <laughs>
2: of course, there
0: is. Yes. Um, And then so with this band, uh, you said you practice to get up to the studio. So I'm assuming that you guys play out live.
1: We haven't been able to play live as often as I'd like, purely because Duncan and Holly are both very busy musicians in lots of other bands as well. But that said, we've done a good few gigs and we have one coming up actually this um, Thursday. Oh, good. uh, At the Good Ship in Kilburn, uh, which is a venue that fit and the conniptions has played many times over the last 10 years and this will be the last time because unfortunately the good Ship in kilburn is closing down at the end of month oh which is a terrible terrible shame it's going to be the last music venue in that area of london to go There used to be a few and they will close except the good ship and now the good ship is closing so that's a very sad thing do you know why um, but uh, we will be playing the one last time on thursday evening
0: it's but,
1: thursday, 5th.
0: but you don't know why that it's closing
1: Yeah, I do know why it's closing. Uh, What's happened
2: is that
1: the local council has decided in their infinite wisdom that the good ship should not be allowed to stay open until I think it was three in the morning Mm. on weekends and has forced them to close earlier on weekends at two in the morning and to restrict entry from, I can't remember the exact details, but the bottom line is that the good ship as a business, has been forced to cut its opening hours on weekends, which has been the kind of thing that's been keeping it going as a business. Hmm. And they try for about six months to continue, and they're just struggling, and they can't do it anymore. And John runs it, is a lovely man. Um, been playing at his place for a long time, and he's decided that he doesn't want to just be running a money-losing business anymore, so he's got to close out. That's,
2: uh, yeah. that's
0: the end of that. It's, that's funny how people are like, it's like what they want to make money running their business. I mean, what's wrong with people? I know. It's ridiculous. (laughs) Ridiculous. Um, and then what do you have? Uh, what kind of things do you guys have in the works now? So you just released this album, and I know this is a, this is a loaded question because it's like, well, I just released an album. What more do you want from me? But, uh, what kind of stuff (laughs) do you guys have? What are you looking forward to, uh, coming up?
1: We'll, we're looking forward to doing a few more gigs Which I'm in the process of booking But it's kind of been a little bit on the slow side I'm hoping that there'll be a few more between now and Christmas And then thereafter I'm relatively likely to Start writing enough new songs To okay. start thinking about recording something new um so that's pretty much the, the, the broad shape of the plan, mm-hmm. such as there is one and such that you can call that a plan, but um yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. that's what's happening. No, it makes sense. And what what's the reception of the album been like? How's it been how's it been doing?
2: it's
1: I can answer that in two ways. Certainly okay. I have been delighted to find that people have written kind things about it in various places uh including a couple of reviews in print this time which has never happened before but uh yeah a newspaper um in the uk called the morning star reviewed it and the uh rock and real magazine which is now called r&r magazine reviewed it and there's something something uh, i've been reviewed on websites before and that's always a nice thing it's nice to get any kind of feedback from anybody um, yeah. saying what they think in detail about uh, a thing that you've made but there's something about a review appearing in print um maybe it's just because i'm a middle aged man and i'm still you know
0: <laughs> i get it though
1: affected by print in that way or maybe it's an actual thing i don't know but it's kind of holding a physical piece of paper with a proper Publication that someone has published and it's got you know a little article about a thing you've done in it is a very good feeling. So that's been very nice. Yeah. Um, I can. I'm unable to say that that has translated into any particularly large volume of sales or even any particular small volume of sales. But you know, a couple of people have actually bought copies of the album as well, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and um, it's a. It's an ongoing thing, isn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah. It's it's the whole I mean that's the point behind it questioning the why do we do this thing because depending on what you do after you release the album, it never really recoups the cost of doing it in the first place. Never has. Everybody's like, "Oh, with the internet it's ruining it." No, no, no. We never made the money even before the internet. <laughs> it was just the way it was. Um yeah, yeah you do it cuz right. you this want is not to. not profit
2: making exercise. Uh, no, it's uh, not. Doing it and-
1: out there and then moving on to doing it again exercise.
0: yeah so, now were the people yeah. that uh that joined the band this time around were they aware of you releasing things under creative commons and or did you have to explain that to them or did they just not question it <laughs> that can happen too
1: Do you know? What? i think about it i don't believe i've mentioned it to either uh harley or duncan um not that i'm I, I can't imagine even we'll have a problem with it um but they, it's it's not been something that's really come up I
0: guess. yeah um i feel that's what's happening like now it's people just call it uh oh stuff is just gonna get you know you get it for free online streaming or whatever and you're not even necessarily giving it away for free you're selling the album it's just you're telling people yeah. what they can do with it um and that's right yeah and and now i feel like it's interesting because that question seem that seems to be the answer more and more people are just like oh well it made sense and you know people are going to do that online anyway so i'm telling them that i'm okay with that and and now absolutely yeah yeah i feel like that question is getting older and older hmm Yeah. yeah
1: you know i mean every now and again i will sit and you know Ego search the band name on Google and find that I, there was—I can't remember which of my older songs it was used—but there's a guy, I think, in Alaska, okay, who used my music on a video of his dogs, and it's the most wonderful thing. Cool. That it's just five minutes of these amazing Alaskan huskies running around a massive field of snow, having a great time, and for some reason, one of my songs is playing in the background the whole yeah. time. It's it's totally off the wall a lovely little piece of video mm-hmm. and you know that's in the end that kind of thing more than anything else is 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 the kind of thing that makes me want to continue with the creative commons stuff because i know and that guy who made the video knows it, it's been okay for them to do that and it's totally cool and i love having these random videos appear randomly um Mm -hmm. and presumably Husky. uh, There was another one, actually. My God. I can't remember which camera it was. There is a camera, um, some kind of Canon complicated camera, and a guy has made an instructional, semi-instructional video showing how you can completely disassemble the camera, clean it out, and put it back together again. It's a 20-minute video, and the process of disassembling this camera is... Clearly a five or six hour process, so the video is speeded up. Mm-hmm. And again, for some reason, he's just chosen four or five of my songs to use yes. as a soundtrack for this. And it's for me hilarious. It's actually a really interesting video because if you're interested in the, you know the technical disassembly of weird, complicated object stuff, right. um, then it's a good one. And um and again, because of Creative Commons, it's totally OK. and um, I think I, I, I enjoy that one even more than the Huskies one, actually. <laughs> yeah, you
2: know, I, like,
1: I like huskies, I like snow, but after two or three minutes of watching the dogs running around, I'm beginning to
0: you get the beginning point. to lose
1: interest. <laughs> like I could watch guys disassembling and reassembling cameras all day. you know yeah, there's always something new happening.
0: Well, it, so, um, it's funny. The It's true. The only people I think to this day that still pay attention to the Creative Commons stuff is really the video stuff. And the reason is, is because of YouTube's um, ID fingerprint claim ID uh, capabilities. So it can literally go. Mm. It searches the video and goes, uh, we hear this song on there. It's copyright protected. You can't use it. So. they're they're the ones that actually search out Creative Commons music to use in the videos. Now, on the other hand, though, too, they're doing it just because they want to monetize their video, which is fine. They want to monetize their video and use music in the background that won't charge them or, you know, keep them from monetizing, which is, again, perfectly fine. Here's the thing that I run into, though. A lot of the people that are doing it don't care about Creative Commons. A lot of them do. But uh, I will from time to time run into people who misunderstand it, don't realize that something's under non-commercial use, put it in their video and it won't let them put on ads. And they get very angry. They rant about it on Twitter. They'll rant about it online. And it's like, all right, contact me first, because if you read the license, you just have to get the person's permission and they'll tell you if you can use it for commercial use. I mean, that's it's like Calm down, slow your roll, because they're like, this is under Creative Commons, and it's, I'm never going to promote your music again. I've had conversations like that, and it's like, all you had to do is contact me. The only reason I heard about it is because I have a, a Google alert for when the band name comes up, and you were ranting about it online. So I reach out to you, and I go, no, it's perfectly fine. Let me whitelist that for you, and you can use it in your video. You know, it's don't worry about it. So that's that's the one downfall is some of them are going and you can use this free music and still make your money and again like i said that's perfectly fine that's what it's there for but don't yell at the people if you can't figure out how it works you know or why it isn't working contact them directly it's supposed to be a friendly thing and and uh you know like a basic human rights thing sort of i guess that's that's a bit extreme Hmm. using music isn't basic human rights but you get my point <laughs> no, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And,
1: and and of course, the unfortunate thing is 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 that many people do seem to have difficulty just following basic instructions for things. Which the whole trope of IKEA furniture being difficult to build, which <laughs> yes. apparently it is. And I guess if you don't follow the instructions, it's going to be extremely difficult to build because each time, <clears throat> and you know, no, I've not long kitted out an entire flat full of ikea stuff and i spent a lot of time in ikea world putting furniture together and i certainly wouldn't be able to put the stuff together without the instructions because yeah. I, I, I look at all the parts i think i don't know how's
0: oops. no and even those instructions and then i
1: look at the instructions, instructions and i know what they say and then oh it, it, you know it it, it it stays up it doesn't fall over i can sit on it it seems
0: fine but even those aren't that clear and i'd like but to point that... well yeah continue sorry <laughs>
1: That isn't a thing which um, <clears throat> is is as, as universal uh, as universally accepted an idea as, as perhaps um, perhaps it might be. Yeah. Um, so stuff like legal fine print and exactly what the nuts and bolts of every single level of Creative Commons licensing is is going to be a thing which people who don't read instructions are going to have difficulty with because they'll butt up against the one which says actually no, you know, you need to get in touch before you
0: mm-hmm. So yeah no that's it's the it's the quickly jumping to conclusions thing you know it's like try talking to the person first to find out and and also oddly enough this is the second conversation about ikea i've had in like 2 days that's so strange that you brought that up i just wanted to mention okay. that it's uh, yeah uh, how random uh, you you don't normally think of bringing up co- ikea in a conversation let alone have it happen twice to you so Thank you for that. That was entertaining. <laughs> and then Yeah. It, now the uh well first of all, is there uh anything else coming up or anything you'd like to mention uh that may be happening in your world that you'd like to men- that you'd like to talk about before uh we wrap things up today?
1: Let me see. Um that that would you know off the top of my head. Um Oh, well,
0: um... If you don't, that's fine.
1: we the Good Ship on the 5th of October, which will be the last chance anyone has to see Fifth the Connections at the Good Ship. Yeah. And if, uh... There is actually, there's a Bonzo Cats gig coming up. The Bonzo Dog Dah Band Tribute Band that I mentioned earlier are called the Bonzo Cats, and we're playing in Tulse Hill sometime next month. I can't remember when. Okay. Um but um, that's fairly pointless particularly to talk about because if you know who the Bonzo Dog Doodot band are, then I don't believe there's very many tribute bands running around. <laughs> 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 um, and um, you may know about the gig anyway, but if you didn't, then you may, maybe just did find out about it. So, um, yeah, that's uh, All right. That's fun. And there will be more things going on. But I Sounds like it. So that's about it, really.
0: Yeah, and then we're going to close the show with the song Carolina. Uh, would you like to tell uh-huh. us a little bit about that song?
1: Okay, um, it's the song is actually called Carolina. Oh, I'm sorry, uh,
0: Carolina. Carolina, and I knew that because I've listened to it. Yeah, Ugh. sorry, my fault.
1: It's it's, it's it's an easy mistake to make, I guess, especially if you're nearer the actual Carolina than um uh, than I am. Yeah. Um. It was. Uh, this is this is one of the. This is actually one of my oldest songs. I. Um. Uh, I I remember relatively well writing it because i just got my first electric guitar and I was 16 years old and it was 1987 or something like that. So this song is actually older than um, both of the other band members. Oh. Um, and um, I knew a girl called Carolina and the song's not really about her as such but it was a great name to put in a song and I was hmm. 16 and just sat there at two in the morning playing this unplugged electric guitar and wrote the song and uh, never did actually record it with any of the bands I was in then or subsequently, and this time around. um, It was one of the first songs that I started doing when I started singing and playing bass at the same time, and I came up with a bass line that I really liked, and then here it is. That's what what happened.
0: Cool. Well... Well, Wayne, I want to thank you very much for joining me for a third time. You're a third time guest.
1: Well, um, thank you very much for having me back more than once. So, <laughs> so you're, you're a glutton for punishment. And I'm, 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 I'm honored and uh, very, very much appreciate Nice to
0: uh, talk to you again. Pleasure was ours. <laughs> and then here's the song Carolina. I said it properly that time. And this has been another Music Manumet podcast at musicmanument.com.